Good morning, Vietnam. Despite the uncanny resemblance of Robin Williams, that was actually me. That was not the soundbite from Good Morning Vietnam. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it is a movie starring Robin Williams, Good Morning Vietnam, a fantastic film. Go check it out if you haven't looked at it or if you haven't seen it. Want to start off this podcast with positive vibes, positive energy, because 2020 has thus far been a fantastic year. We're only two weeks into it, and already my twin brother has had a brand new baby girl, first girl in my entire family. Good luck with that. Hands full. She's beautiful. Her name is Andy. Congratulations, Matt and Michelle. My best friend, Travis and Kelsey, have also had a newborn. A couple days ago, they had a baby Carter, baby boy. His name is Carter. Also healthy. Wonderful. My kid was a little bigger at birth, and he's a little bigger now, but my kid's also one. My kid just celebrated his first birthday, actually January 11th. It was a USC football-themed party at Ballpark Pizza. Not the biggest fan of one-year-old birthday parties, unless there's pizza and beer served. Don't invite me to a one-year-old birthday party unless there's going to be alcohol and some sort of food, not just snacks, not pretzels, not nuts. I'm talking pizza, wings, Chipotle, In-N-Out food truck. Hell, I'll even settle for a bowl of cereal. I love me some Wheaties, Breakfast of Champions. Can never go wrong with a bowl of cereal. Especially at a one-year-old birthday party. You know, there's kids around, they all love cereal. Dry cereal, mix it with their orange juice. Who knows what they like to do? I personally like it with my milk. Anyways, it's 2020. There's no new news to report with the football team. USC is undefeated. How do, how good does that sound? USC is undefeated. Maybe we can maybe I can repeat we are undefeated after Sep 5, which is September 5th when we take on Alabama and Texas. But the reason why there is no new news is because I don't report the news. I don't break the news. I just discuss, talk, rant, and complain about the news that has been broken. I did hear, however, that we let some guys go that have been at USC for longer than I've actually been alive. Which might be good news, might be bad news. I, I happen to know a couple of those guys personally, so it's kind of a bummer for me. But I guess it's a bittersweet since Mike Bone and President Fultz are just clearing house. They don't want anything to do with anybody who had their fingerprints on the scandals that were going on at the university, which you you can't really blame them. Um, I also want to touch base on uh, Mike Bone. One of my buddies hit me up yesterday, actually, and, and, and asked why in the world did I, did I lend my support for Mike Bone last week in my episode one. And the reason is because when I did sit down with him, he did look me in the eye, and I'm I, I believe him. Whether or not he's a good speaker, that's your own fact, but he got me riled up. There was a clear path to winning, and I personally do not think that he was the reason why Helton was retained. I think that was all on President Fult. So Mike Bone taking the heat on that, I think, is kind of a bummer for him. He walked into that situation with his hands tied, in my personal opinion. There was nothing really he could do. But you know what? It's 2020. We're undefeated. We're moving on. We need to stop dwelling on the past because if we continue to dwell on the past, we're going to continue to suck. I'm tired of all this negativity. I mean, I, I'm part to blame. I All I do is complain on Twitter. All I do is complain to my friends and family and anybody that's willing to listen, which is why I started a podcast. Goodness gracious. I even started a podcast just where I could vent in my own garage staring at my computer screen pulling my hair out, which I do have a buzz, so I don't have that much hair to begin with, but I do pull out my hair from time to time. Quit, don't, quit dwelling on the past. I guess that's going to be my motto for 2020. You can't three-putt bogey par three, the easiest hole on the golf course. 
be pissed off at it at the very next hole, which is a par five, because you're just going to bogey that too. Probably worse. Probably double bogey that. I don't know if you guys are avid golfers, but I am a golfer. I do love to hit the links and have a couple of cold cruises on me while I'm playing 18. But anyways, I did want to talk about in my second half of this podcast, I will be interviewing a better golfer than me, also a better football player than me, my older brother, Colin Ashton. Uh, We're going to touch base on a few of the things that made USC great. And when I said don't dwell on the past, I said just that, don't dwell on the past. That doesn't mean we can't remember the past, the good old glory days that USC fans like to call it, the good old national championship type of days because you got to remember the past to be appreciative of the current and the future it's always darkest before the dawn gentlemen i got a good feeling about this because we got we may not have the best recruiting class currently but we're not graduating too many people this year and i'm not sitting here saying that we're going to win the national championship i'm not saying we're going to win the pac-12 and go undefeated and go 13 and 0 although that would be awesome but i'm certainly not going to sit here and Hope that we lose just so we can get a new head coach. That's ridiculous. I want Coach Helton to go 12-0, 13-0 after winning the Pac-12 title game. Play the card drive, we can go 15-0 and give him the college football playoff, win those two games, win national champions. You're an idiot if you want us to lose ball games just so we can get a new head coach. Wouldn't it be cool to see USC go 13-0 next year? Wouldn't that be awesome? Go into the college football playoff with head coach Clay Helton at the helm? Just saying. I'm not saying it'd be cool to go into the college football playoff with Coach Helton at the helm necessarily. I'm saying isn't it fantastic of an idea to be 13-0 and going into the CFP? Wouldn't that be something to root for, something to be proud about? And it's really not that far-fetched to say that we're going to be a good team. I'm not going to say we're going to win the national championship, but if we hire a good defensive coordinator, we absolutely can win ball games. Graham Harrell's already proven we can do with the offense. Wait until we can see what people wait until we can hire a good defensive coordinator and show everybody what we can actually do on defense. And although Todd Orlando wasn't the greatest hire in the country, in my opinion, it was a solid hire. Because let's be honest, we were shooting for the stars and shooting for and swinging for the fences to, to land a guy like Jack Del Rio or Dave Aranda, who actually ended up becoming the head coach at Baylor, which is what we keep running into. We keep trying to get this top-notch defensive coordinator, but all those guys are seeking head coaching jobs. They don't want to make a lateral move, and yes, unfortunately, it is a lateral move to move to SC currently at the state of the program that it's in. I hate to say that. The only ones, the only good ones that want to come coach for uh, under Coach Clay Helton are the ones that want to eventually absorb the head coaching responsibilities. That's just the nature of, of how the program sits today. It doesn't mean Todd, Orlando, Todd Orlando's not a good coach. I mean, I know Texas's defense was like 97th or something, according to NCAA.com, total defense, composite rankings. SE was actually 78. But we need a new blood. Texas didn't perform very well last year. I mean, there might have been something that was – that was not meshing well, similar to Pendergast with, with uh, Helton, but heads needed to roll to save the head coaching job. Tom Herman wasn't going to be ousted, so what did he do? He did the only thing he could have done, which was launch his entire staff. Does that, does that sound familiar? So, I mean, I'm excited about the hire. I really am. Bring in some new blood, bring in a new coach who was coached at a big-time program like Texas in a Power 5 conference in the Big 12 who understands what it takes to win, not saying they won, but who understands what 
what it takes to be a good defense. We need an outside perspective to let us know where we suck and where we need drastic improvement. You got to believe it's going to be turnovers. We got to win the turnover battle. We need interceptions. We need a rip. We need a DC who wasn't scared to play press man on third down to get that ever so elusive stop. You know, something that the Seahawks couldn't do against the Packers in the NFC Championship game, even though Jimmy Graham was short on that final first down. I don't care what you say. Love Pete Carroll, fight on. And I think Todd Orlando gets that. Because in Texas, they have big guys on the defensive line. They have a fast defense. Really athletic people. The same athletes that we have at USC. And ours are better. Headlined by Drake Jackson. We have NFL draft picks going everywhere. Drake Jackson's going to go a top 10 pick. Mark my words. He's going to. But I'm, I would much rather have Todd Orlando, the guy that has coached at Texas, and not take a flyer on a younger coach. I know we did that with Graham Harrell. We took him out of North Texas, and it turned out that he was a fantastic coach. But we can't do that on the defensive side of the ball. We can't take that risk because lightning doesn't strike twice in the same spot. Like, we just aren't that lucky. But it doesn't really matter because Todd's coming from the Big 12 at a big-time program. Who the head coach is Tom Herman. How many of you listening wanted Tom Herman to be the head coach at USC before he was head coach at Texas? If you guys are saying, no, 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 he sucks, you guys are liars because when he was coming out, he was the hottest ticket on the market. He was that golden ticket that everybody wanted, that young up-and-coming head coach or something to prove. I'd compare him to Graham Harrell. Texas, (laughs) I hate saying Texas, but... But Texas has a great head coach with Tom Herman. Yes, he's a good coach. And you got to think that Todd has taken a lot of qualities from Tom and a lot of ideas and techniques that he can instill in USC players. Who knows what their relationship was with Tom and Todd? Tongue twister. Maybe they just didn't work out well because their attitudes clashed. Maybe Tom is too much of a ball buster and so is Todd. But guess what? Clay is not a ball buster. So if Todd is, perfect. That's what we need. We're looking for someone to do that. And at the end of the day, it's all a mood point anyway, isn't it? If USC has five losses again this year, Coach Helton is going to be gone. It's not like Coach Helton is going to just fire the DC because the defense sucked. Because then we're right back in the position we currently are now. That's not going to happen. So, in all seriousness, if USC sucks this year, their head coach is gone. And normally when the head coach leaves and a new one comes in, that whole staff rolls over. Let's just hope that Todd Orlando's tough because we have tough kids. We have kids in the AA strength program. Strength and conditioning program, AA. And that guy is an absolute maniac. He knows what he's doing. Forces these kids to eat steak because you can't get beefy eating leafy. You got to be on time. He holds them accountable. See him on the bench press. He has a gym. Follow him on Instagram so I don't sound like an absolute creep when I say that he has a gym in his garage. Because he throws weight around. He throws 315 pounds on the bench press like it's like it's 135, like it's only one plate. 315 is three plates on both sides. And to humble brag, I can do 315 about five times. I would not be able to do 315 five times if it wasn't for double A. Because he was a strength coach back there when I, when I was playing with him uh, under Kiffin. So if Todd Orlando needs some tough players, 
He's got him. Todd Orlando has the keys to a fantastic facility at USC. If anyone's seen their new improved weight room, which I'm super jealous of. But maybe that's the reason why our kids have been soft in the past was because we've been pampering them too much. But that's neither here nor there because that's an entirely different discussion. And without further ado, I would like to bring in the star of the show, Colin Ashton, two-time national championship winner with Pete Carroll in 2003 and 2004. Should have been three in a row. Unfortunately, it's not. Yep, two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half. Not sure about your feelings on that. I mean, you want to talk about the Texas game real quick or no? I usually don't like talking about it, but uh, we, we we can get into that a little bit. <clears throat> um, just curiosity. Just curiosity. The new rankings came out, actually, with the top players in all college football history, and I think Reggie was not even the top 50. Is that accurate? Reggie wasn't in the top 50? Uh-uh. Well, no, that then I wouldn't listen to anything that top fifty had to say because that's a, a that that list is meaningless because <laughs> that guy that guy was a beast on the field, unguardable in practice, unguardable in games. <clears throat> I mean, if it were if it were this day and age, he would still have the Heisman. <laughs> really, was what it comes I mean, down to. Quite frankly, what made him so elusive? What made him such a good football player? He was smart. Um, unbelievably fast. Uh, if you did not bring your feet with him, he was running you over. <laughs> if you tried to lunge at him, he was faking you, faking you out. I mean, all you got to do is watch Fresno State, Notre Dame, shoot Jesus. any game for that matter. That guy. I mean, <clears throat> I had to guard him pretty much every day in practice. I used to joke with him that that I would I would always hem him up because only because <laughs> only because I was. A little bit smart as far as understanding what we would try to do with him when they motion him out of the backfield. You know, you, you knew it, that he was coming out in a wheel route or running a little option route on you. So I'd play about 15 yards off because if he if I was anywhere head up, he's taking me deep and I was getting smoked. <laughs> so I was glad to give him the six yard catch and then rally rally and tackle with whoever else was on the inside. What if one might argue? <clears throat> one might argue. I'm not saying me. Actually, I do might think this is the case. Actually, but. One might argue that Lendo White was the workhorse on that team, and he was the he was the actual the grease that made that engine run. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you get I mean Thunder and Lightning. I think you get you don't get one with the other. Um, we're not as dominant without Lendell, and we're not as dominant without Reggie. But you're right, Lendell was a beast. Um, he knew he was a beast. He would tell you he was a beast every damn day in practice. <laughs> I remember I remember in one of our spring games, the guys. Crossing the crossing the goal line, I have no idea why I decided to do it, but decided to throw my head in there. And I mean, he had already crossed; he was already, he had already scored, and his knee got me right in the back, right in the side <laughs> of the helmet, out cold on the ground. Have no idea what is going on. The only the next thing I wake up, I wake up, all I hear is Coach O screaming at me <laughs> to get up and get off the field. I start running off the field. They're kicking a extra point, and I got to get back on the field for. <laughs> for uh for defense and just came off just utterly what i mean this is probably the dumbest decision i ever made field goal, field goal because you're the long snapper <laughs> no <laughs> defense damn it i did have i did long snap for a year and that was uh that was great it was it was it was a way to get on the field but that that was gnarly doing long snapping and doing defense you had to go out and 
And uh, every every second down when the offense was out on the field, you had to get start getting ready. So I'm out there snapping to Tom Malone. Second down, <laughs> third Bond. down, then run up. Oh, they got a first down. Okay, now I can chill for a little bit. And then trying to get back out on defense too. I mean, it was that was a lot. No, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So if I gave you if I gave you an option to tackle Reggie or guard Reggie or tackle Lendell or guard Lendell, which one which one would you pick? Who's an easier tackle? I guess simple terms. <laughs> uh neither but i would rather guard lendell that would be a that would be a lot easier uh uh i i mean shoot dude i wouldn't tackle i mean either one of them are i mean tough. if you had to run through the a gap or the b gap oh, you're gonna run through the a gap i'd gladly take on reggie in the middle in the middle I, I i don't need to see lendell coming down i mean i i guess 12 years out of it you know i don't quite remember as much but Right now, I feel like my body would break on either. So, <laughs> well, goodness, I mean that Texas game. No one really wants to talk about the Texas game, but curiosity: what is, what would be your favorite game if you could go back to playing college, and you can play one game over and over and over again, excluding bowl games? Because I'm not talking about the Orange Bowl, Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, Rose Bowl that you played in, which is absurd under Carroll. But if you can go back to one game, specific game, home or away, which one would you pick? I'd probably, <clears throat> I'd probably go with the, the Bush push game in in Notre Dame, but only because, only because I was lucky enough to be a captain for that game, and just the build up for that year in that game was utterly absurd. I, I just remember us sitting in the hotel room, <clears throat> as roommates with Dallas Arts at the time, and we're watching we're watching Charlie Weiss, uh, address half the stadium on a Friday night pep rally and it was half the stadium was completely full it was it was crazy we got off the bus on Friday walk through and it was it was almost like it was like we were getting off for a game day I mean they had they had people lined up what we're walking down like a like a human tunnel people calling out liner calling out Reggie I think they had (laughs) Uh, what, something was going on with Leonard at the time <laughs> that they were they were they were roasting him for it. I can't remember what it was, but uh, we I just remember getting in the locker room and and we were fired up. We were ready to play that day. Step on the field, freaking grass is up to your knee. It was it was just it was surreal. And then uh, game day, just being a captain, walking out. I, I remember walking out of the tunnel, uh, seeing the. Big, big iron gates and all the fans lined up. They had their whole band in a in a line as we're walking down like in a, another tunnel. And uh, us, I think it was me, Reggie Liner, Dallas, and I forget who else, um, just walking down. And it, it was it was just crazy. I think it was one of the Tings. It might have been one of the Tings, yeah. It, it was just crazy. And, and uh, just that feeling. They come in. They... They change their jerseys before they come in. They come out in some green jersey. It was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. And that the way that whole game went down, granted, I got, I got roasted a few times, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, it, it was, it was an unbelievable game. Unbelievable finish. I mean, I, I, emotions after I, I was in, there were people, we were in tears. We didn't know what was going on. I remember when, when the ball went out of bounds on that fourth and, or on that, uh, save the game. Yeah. When liner, when liner got tackled and the ball went out of bounds, uh, they were, they were all on the field right in front. Samarja 
is literally 10 feet away from me, giving us the suck it sign. I'm like, <laughs> no way. This is how we just lost. No way we're ending a, a, I don't even know what win- our winning streak was at the time. It was something like 27 Absurd. or 28. Absurd. And, and just couldn't believe that that was the way it was going to end. And, and uh, luckily it wasn't. And you can just, you didn't know what was going on. I mean, no one knew people on the, the only people that knew that was go- what was going on were the people on the field and, Coach Carroll and the people in the booth. I mean, that was it. The fans had no idea. The players on the sidelines had no idea. And other than, I mean, the clock was zero for Christ's sake. So, yeah, I remember watching that. <clears throat> once that, once we scored and came off, and I'll never forget too, as we go in the locker room, uh, we're just partying, doing our thing, and Charlie Weiss <laughs> comes in and thank you guys for having a great game. We're just like, dude. <laughs> get out, get out of this locker room right now. This is your your joke. We'll go. We'll go back to the last play. I remember being a fan because obviously everybody has no idea what the hell is going on. I'm, I'm sure on if you're there live, it was a little more chaotic than it was on TV because you actually see on TV. But when Leinart looked over at Coach Carroll talking about spiking the ball or going, the, I mean, wasn't that fourth down? So spiking was clearly out of the question. Or what the hell was the play call? Or was there a play call? Or no, I mean, I, I, being... no, I think there was a fake spike. And I mean, honestly, I'm, I. I I, I don't even know to be quite a, quite honest, but uh, you know we, we we couldn't have spiked it. There was no yeah. time left. I mean that was really our only chance. And I mean to Notre Dame, if you watch that, they were ready to go too. It wasn't like we caught them off guard. You know if it, was, if it wasn't for Reggie pushing, I mean granted it wasn't technically legal at the time, and but everyone does it in yeah. every game ever. Um, but who cares? I think it, it's it's interesting because that game it, it's kind of like. We snuck by that one, and then you know we, it, it caught back up to us, and at the end of the year against Texas. <sighs> well, just curiosity, what is the what is the biggest play in that game? Because I have one specific play in mind, in the and Nord- not in the Notre Dame game, Notre Dame not game? the Bush push. Obviously, that was the biggest play of the game. But what was the play that got you guys back into the game? Because for a long time, you guys couldn't do a damn thing on offense. I'm not talking about the fourth and nine either. But the play, on, specific play on defense that gave the momentum back to you guys, and you so, actually started playing football. Scott Ware killing the tight end over? No, what? no, it wasn't. It was when the tight. You remember? Remember when they caught the pass and the tight end was running free up the sideline, and Darnell being came from behind him with the with the punch and got. Oh the yeah, fumble? and Keith Keith got the, picked up the ball. I don't remember. I just I'm remember, pretty sure it's Keith. I just remember going crazy. But is that? Yep. I mean, was that not the biggest play of the game? Dude, I got CTE, bro. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually hilarious because we were watching the game, and obviously we couldn't attend. It was in South Bend, but that was my senior, jun- junior, senior year of homecoming dance, actually. And I was standing up my date. Me and my twin brother were standing up our dates. We actually had Joey Roberts, one of our buddies, who's, an, who's a big time Notre Dame fan. He was watching the game at my house with us. Notre Dame was shitting on USC, unfortunately, at the time. So we kicked him out, and then the game kept going, kept going. As he kept fight, you guys kept finding your way back into the ball game. Made it a game. You, you let a team hang around like USC. You're going to eventually, you know, bad things are going to happen for the team is letting you guys back in. I mean, fourth and nine was incredibly <laughs> lucky. I mean, that was insane. Lucky, or yeah. did you guys prepare yeah. for it? Or is it, I mean, it's a little of both, but then that was insane. I mean, luck's when preparation meets opportunity, right? <laughs> sure, I'll take it. <laughs> we didn't get lucky on fourth and two at the end of the year, so it, it, it washed out. Well, what the hell happened at the end of the year? 
<clears throat> we just. I we, mean, okay. So quite frankly, if if replay was in college football, in my personal opinion, SC win, you guys win that game hundred percent. Forward lateral by Vy to no. eleven. Which that I, wasn't with Jamal Charles. Which I did miss a miss a tackle on Vy on that play. <laughs> No, no, I, I thought I, I thought I actually I actually thought I get, gave him something. I watched I, I haven't seen much of that game, but I saw that replay and it looks like a fly landed on him. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, dude, I, at the end of the day, I do think we were a better team. I had talked to a couple guys on that team because I was lucky enough to get invited to the Hula Bowl <clears throat> after. Um, and I I do think we were a, a better team. They just had on on that day they had a better player. Vy was. I, I never, I never, even just playing against him, I never really thought that he was the best quarterback, but he was a freak athlete. The yeah, guy sure. was way faster than anyone thought he was. He just was long, quick. I mean, I think I had, I think I had like seven, ta- seven or nine tackles in the game, and all of them were on him, and about four or five missed tackles, and all of them were on him. <laughs> he was just, he was a guy, he was a man amongst boys out there on that day. Well, fourth and two on the final drive was a little over a minute. <clears throat> Did Carroll have the right call, handing the ball off to Lindell with Reggie yeah, we Bush were out, out of the game? Well, I don't know about Reggie being out of the game um, being the right call, but you know we've had we ran we ran that power seven times in the game for an average of eight yards. Yeah, and that one time their DN crashed a little earlier and caught under yeah. Kurtman and and Winston at the time and just. just I mean, it looked like got he got looked like the D tackle got flat backed and it was just like a perfect storm for Texas. Yeah, I mean, you run the play seven times and get ten yards. I mean, why not go back to the well? No, that's true. Reggie, so. Re- Reggie did appear to be getting stuff. And also and you know, you, we could, we can talk all all the stuff we want on the offense, but we had the opportunity on defense numerous times on the final drive. I will say on the final drive, one of the coolest coolest stories. I mean, sucks that we lost, but with Coach Carroll, it was I'll never forget. We run. It was third and whatever, third and nine. And uh, we run. A, it was a call called double B dog. I was the I was the middle backer for nickel. So I was I was calling all the plays, and it was it was double B dog. And all that is is me myself, both linebackers myself, and it happened to be Josh Pinkert at the time because uh, a couple of our guys got hurt. Uh, Kevin Ellison was out, um, uh, and someone else was out. Um, I forget. But uh, I come out. We 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 stop them. We come off the field. I got my helmet on top of my head, and I always felt I was pretty good at understanding the moment we're in at the time, which you know a lot of people don't. But I, I felt like I understood that, and but I was still just like, man, this is crazy. We got one one play to, to win three in a row. Like I I kind of can sense that on the field, and Coach Carroll looks at me with the biggest smile on his face, and he, and you know I'm kind of paraphrasing here, and, and he he looks at me and goes, "Isn't that fucking awesome?" Isn't this fucking <laughs> awesome? And I'm like, uh, yeah, this is this is pretty good, <laughs> yeah, coach. I'm pretty stoked about this. <laughs> Come back in, run the exact same play, double B dog, and and yeah, the rest you know it happens ha- happened how it happened. But uh, it was pretty cool, like for someone someone in that moment in that too, position. Coach Carroll, to understand just the gravity of it, where we're at, and 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 not pressing, but as opposed as opposed to pressing, he's out there. You know, just soaking it all in, looking how how great of a moment we're we have, mm-hmm. uh, great of an opportunity we have right now to to win. I mean, that's why, in my opinion, he's such a good coach because just seeing him in the stands <clears throat> gives you that comfort feeling that yeah, you guys are going to get the stop. Because I'll never forget, really, on that fourth and two play, 
there was a fan behind us that, you know, the fight on, fight on to victory, you're doing the, to the fight song, holding up a two. And the guy behind us looks over to us and goes, taps us on the shoulder and goes, what the hell are you guys doing? Hold up a three. That's three in a row. <laughs> and I was like, sir, with, with all due respect, can we just win the ball game and then we can, we can move on to the three <laughs> in a row. And then obviously you get stuff and yep. the rest is history and. It is kind of a bummer how that stuff happens, but I mean, under PC, you guys were seven and two. Oh, excuse me, you were four and one. First game being the Vegas Bowl in bowl games, yeah, bowl games. You're playing with some of the greats, Troy Polamalu, Carson. Well, minus Palmer. that minus that first year, we were what six and seven at the end because we lost in the Vegas. Minus that first year, I think I I only lost four games, which is crazy. So what the hell? What's the difference between your teams and the current roster or current teams we have under Hilton? Well, we had players, one. Not to say we don't have we players, have players now. now. We have players. We have guys, but we we did we had I I got I got to count exactly, but I think I played with like something like 50 All-Americans. That is crazy. That yeah. is crazy. Every D lineman that came through, the di- the difference really is is the trenches. We had every offensive lineman from Winston Justice, Sam Baker, uh Deuce Latui, uh, Ryan Khalil, I mean, I could go. There's so many, so many more. Were all first, all all draft picks. Then you got our DN on defensive line. We had we had Sean Sid Cody, Mike Ellis. Patterson, Sed Ellis. I mean, it, our inside the trenches was crazy. Not to mention we practice our ass off. Our it, it was it was the hardest practice was harder than any game we played in. And I, I personally don't feel like we do that this day and age. Um, are you saying this day and age as an SC or as an every team combined? <laughs> oh, I'm going to say SC. I don't think – I mean, granted, there's a little bit more rules about hitting and stuff like that. The way that football's, you know, going, I get it. But, I mean, we were running. I mean, Coach O out there, you couldn't, you couldn't be walking on that football field and you're getting your ass chewed out. So, it was a different mentality. Uh, we had – Fu coaches who would get up in your ass whenever, whenever you were jogging or not doing the right thing or just whatever. This it's it's the little things, you know, getting putting your hand behind the line and making sure your hand behind the line before you take off in a sprint or whatever it is. It, that stuff matters, you know. Yeah. Putting your, putting a hand on the line and no one calling you out for it. It, it matters. I mean, was that Carol ripping you guys a new one, or was that Coach <laughs> no. L? Or who, who, who Carol, was the disciplinarian? Coach O, Coach. Nick Holt, uh, you had your guys. Uh, Carol, Carol was, Carol set that boundary. If Carol yelled at you, my God, some you did something terrible. Yeah, because he he what what makes him so so good of a coach is that he he delegates that that down so he doesn't have to be that guy. He can be the rah rah guy, mm-hmm. be your friend, be this and that. But make no mistake, behind closed doors, you know, <laughs> he's he he's he's the guy telling. Whoever else your your position coaches or what it is or whatnot to, to tell you what to do. Well, on the same token, did uh, SC make a mistake by not hiring Coach L? I mean, dude, at this, at, obviously in hindsight, it's great. But what makes Coach O so great? One, he's a great recruiter. Two, he's great with kids. He he's awesome. Every player, most players, I, I would say on LSU, everyone, but um, for the for the most part, he's. He's respected, um, I mean, but he, he hires. Too, right? He care. He cares, which is huge. Yeah. But he hires good assistants. I mean, the assistants around him are are big time. 
So uh, to me, that's the number one thing. Uh, you could be, you know, every, you know, you can give Clay Helton all the shit you want, but if he goes out and the players respect him and and can play for him and he can hire good assistants, then you can get away with that. It's not there's no problem with that. But he he needs to. I mean, he needs to. Do, there needs to be some discipline. Personally, that's it. it all starts with discipline. Todd, Todd Orlando, perfect segue. Todd, Todd Orlando was just hired yeah. um, as the DC, as you all know, as you as you listened to in the beginning of the podcast. Um, any thoughts on Todd Orlando? I know he's kind of a no name guy that not many people understand or even know. But do you think it's a good hire? I mean, coming from a from a big time program like Texas and Big Twelve, hiring someone with an experience background at least. I mean, I mean a lot, a lot of a lot of people don't like it just because the where that Texas program was at the end, his his stats were not good. But again, one I do like his intensity, and and what's coming out of his mouth right now seems seems great. But you know, talk is cheap, so he's gonna have to he's gonna have to prove it on the on the field in the meeting rooms. But um, I, I'd like you got to remember, Coach Carroll was our third or fourth pick. I mean, we had. Mike Riley lined up before. I mean, there, he he was not the guy. Mike he, Riley. We had we had. Uh, I mean, he was. I don't want to say failure, but he didn't do as well in the NFL prior to coming to SC. It wasn't like he was a sexy pick. No one wanted him, and look what happened. So, I I, I tend to not pass judgment on any coach that gets hired, and because you never. I mean, at, the reason why they get hired is they were fired from somewhere else. So yeah. they did poorly somewhere, and then they're coming here to do. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Nick Saban in Alabama, he was in yep. Miami before <clears throat> and sucked. So yep. you just, you, you never know it, 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 you got to be in the right. It's the same. It's the same thing with NFL players or NBA players or anything. You know, you, you might not be, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is a great example. He was not very good in Miami, gets benched, yep. goes into Tennessee Titans and the dude's playing in the second round of playoffs. Yeah, so. but does that have any does that have any bearing on Vrabel being the head coach cuz this I mean is coaching I mean I know you're saying time is everything but isn't coaching a huge part especially in college football? So I like mean, I mean they had him when Mariota was playing in the start of the year and they were terrible. Yeah, but Mariota went to Oregon. Yeah. Well, well then you throw in Tannehill <laughs> and the guy lost three times. So Yeah. You just never know. You you got to play it play it out and 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 hope for the best but you know, give give a guy a couple of years, and if it's not working out, it's not working out. Yeah, how how, how many years do you give somebody? Because PC turned you guys around. You guys were in the Vegas Bowl. Utah lost six to ten. Two thousand. We turned it around in that year. On Chris Richard returned a pick to the house against Arizona, and that was that was the turnaround. Granted, yeah, we did lose in the Vegas Bowl, but let's remind everyone it's the Vegas Bowl, and <laughs> we got out there seven days prior. So you know, did you guys get Playstations? We got a lot. We got more yeah, stuff for the Vegas Bowl than we Genesis. got for any any bowl game, any Orange Bowl, Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, Rose Bowl. We got more stuff for the Vegas Bowl than we did because because they also gave you money in lieu of taking a plane flight. You can get the cost of the flight if you drove out there. So that was an obvious. They gave you back then twenty dollars. <laughs> we got about six hundred in cash rolling into Vegas seven days early. <laughs> Three day, two days before we were supposed to report. So, well, you, yeah. Well, well, it's safe to say that those were the good old days, or no? We're gonna we'll get back to that. Okay, so let's play a little fun little uh, machine gun question. I'm gonna name the team for our schedule this year in 2020. You're gonna either say simple. You're gonna say win or loss. 
Okay. Okay. Bama, neutral site. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to say home or away or neutral site. I'm just going to say the damn teams. You're going to say win or loss. And we're going to ta- we're going to tally them up. And at the end of the at the end of the year, we'll see what your record is. Cause I have my record. I think we're going. I'll say it later. All right. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be the homer here. I'm no. Say, well, just be honest opinion. Don't don't do it just to be. If a I'm betting, advocate, if I'm betting, be mon- if I'm betting money line on any team here, SC Bama, yeah. I'm taking Bama. New Mexico. <laughs> USC. Stanford. SC. ASU. SC. Utah, short week. Friday game again? Yep, away. My word. In Utah. They don't uh, have, I don't, think, I don't think they have their main guy. Uh, I'm going to go SC. Okay. Cal. SC. <laughs> Zona. SC. Okay. Bye week, and then we got Colorado at oh, home. SC, Oregon away. <laughs> without without without, Herbert? A, without a bear. <laughs> uh, shoot, I mean, is that at home too? <laughs> no, that's away. In not in, in Austin. Austin. <clears throat> oh. All right. Well, I can't. No, you can't. That's because of the record. This right. is honest. All right. This is I'll, honest. Go, all right. I'll go SC. SC okay. got Washington at home. No Peterson. <laughs> yeah, they were shambles at the yeah, end. No Peterson. Uh, all right, okay, SC. Okay, I'm definitely marking the next two SC then. So FUCLA at away. Well, yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, and that's then a Notre Dame at home. I mean, all right. I gotta okay. throw. I no, gotta throw an L got... in there. I gotta say an okay, L. I go. I gotta put it. Fine. An L so in ten there. and two puts us in the Pac-12 title game for sure. Pac-12 title game against Oregon. Is that a win or a loss? Uh, I'll go win. I mean, I, okay. that is home. That's that's a little homer, but okay. you know, whatever. We're diehards. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so, so put it on the record that Colin has USC going eleven and two in the Pac-12 title game, probably oh, going to the Rose Bowl if not a college football playoff. <laughs> yeah, when you say it like that, I would. I okay, so USC Rose Bowl, USC Rose Bowl. You heard, you heard it here first. Oh, Simple. Simple. It honestly seems like a perfect uh, bold prediction. But you did have too many bold things in your childhood. You decided to wear two wristbands on your wrist with a golf shirt tucked into basketball shorts. Warm to school. What do you say about that? <laughs> I mean, my swag was undeniable. No, guys, guys, I don't think anyone understands. You know those two, those like quarter-inch wristbands, especially when you're young at like 10 years old or 12 years old, they go to your almost to your elbow? Well, this guy, Colin, wore them on both arms with... A golf shirt, so a collared shirt, tucked into basketball shorts with no pockets. Well, what do you think older brothers are here for, dude? We tell you what not to do. That's how we teach. <laughs> well, you did have a You're backpack. welcome. You did have a backpack on one one shoulder, two shoulders. Oh, one shoulder. Come on, because you didn't have any books in your bag. <laughs> no need. <laughs> That's true. I guess it did work out for you. you. Guys did win two national championships, and apparently claimed to be a better golfer. What's your handicap? I think I'm a zero right now. Interesting. Maybe I'm on the plus side. I'm not sure, but does have me beat. Don't want to get into that, but um, I know I only have you here for about 45 minutes. So where the hell are you going? Taking the 12:30 a.m. red eye out to Miami for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Curiosity. Who do you have in that game? <laughs> I got the Niners. Because, defense, defense, baby. Because of money or because you're uh, a fan maybe, of the Niners? Maybe a little both. Nobody's a fan of the Niners, let's be honest. <laughs> defense. That's what I'm going off of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, what's out there other than, I mean, Super Bowl's on Sunday. Why the hell are you leaving now? 
Uh, my my wife is in sports marketing, so she deals. Uh, she she works with Sean Payton sometimes, and that's why we're kind of rooting for the Saints this year and the last two years that they got hosed. Um, so she's out there working, so I'm going to go out there and uh, kick it. I'm I'm on vacay. I was on daddy daddy daycare for the last three <laughs> days, so it's a much needed break for me. Hear that? Uh, I'm trying to play a little golf. A uh, couple uh, loaf of tatupus out there, so I'm going to go kick it with him for a little bit i know mike williams is out there so it's gonna be packed down there a lot of fun super bowl super bowl in general i mean i've been the last four years super bowl is you know whatever it's a football game but all the stuff leading up to the to the super bowl is wild there's just it's just a nonstop party and the fact that it's in miami too is crazy it is absurd well you guys been there at the orange bowl True. I, true. I guess closer other. I was joking with Lofa earlier today about he was talking about going to stay at the Western Diplomat where we stayed up in yep. Hollywood, Florida, because uh-huh. that hotel was out of control. Yep. But uh, we're more in South Beach. Steakhouses or what kind of what are you gonna eat out there? I don't know. I've, uh, I was actually looking more. I was well, more... tipping the scales at what like two twenty, two twenty five, two fifteen. Dude, I'm I'm running. I'm a runner now. <laughs> No, I, I'm looking at the golf scene. I'm trying to get out at uh, the Doral, maybe maybe the Blue Monster, uh, Blue Monster. the Normandy Shores course out there on South Beach. So, bunch of bunch of fun stuff. I'm I'm basically riding the coattails of wifey right now. So, <laughs> I'm not too. I'm not. I'm not worried about it. Well, that's crazy. I mean, isn't Tana? I mean, she's who is she having dinner with? I mean, you can't just drop the name of Sean Payton and not try to divulge and try to dive into that a little more. No, she works with uh, one of the companies that does uh, Zebra Technologies. They do uh, they do uh, all the next gen stat stuff that tells you how fast you know Tyreek Hill runs forty five miles per hour or what or whatnot. But uh, that's one of one of her clients she works with, and and Sean Payton works with them, and you know so she, she's having a brunch with them, and and uh, uh, I think Derek Brooks is coming by, and some. Aeneas Williams, some Hall of Famers. She works a lot with David Baker because David Baker, David Baker is the president of the yeah. Hall of Fame, and his son is Sam Baker, whom I play with. Which, just a really small world. Uh, that's actually when I when I met her, she knew ninety percent of the people that that I had played with just because of what <laughs> she, of the industry that she was in. So it was, it was cool. Nice. Yeah. Let's go. Cool. Actually, saw Sam Baker's dad. What's his first name? David. David Baker when he gave the Hall of Fame to Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. On it national television. More, it had to be one of the coolest coolest jobs ever at that moment. I mean, that that was unbelievable. And he's also the, the biggest human being you've ever met <laughs> and the nicest human being you've ever met in your entire life. Do you think he's a runner too, like you know? Or <laughs> <is he> still... <laughs> no, I don't think he's running. I don't think he's running much. Well, all right. So I, I, I know, dude, time, time, excuse me, time does fly, but I know you got to take off, but I um, appreciate the time. Thank you. We'll Any be time. doing this. We will definitely be doing this um, as the season progresses. Yes, sir. More frequently, more frequently. Appreciate the time, guys. Count me in. Right on. Bye.